Good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another program of Looking Up. And I'm Danny Malenkov, and this is my good friend, Sharissa. Yes. And we've got Shell as well here. Yay. (laughs) All is well. All is well here at the homestead. Praise the Lord for that. And it's a wonderful day. Yes, a beautiful, is. sunny day, a deliciously delicious day indeed. Um, 10 out of 10. I love spring. What about you? <laughs> I do too. And I almost thought spring was still trying to make up its mind if it would arrive yesterday. It was quite cold, but yes. today it's it's a beautiful day. Oh, it's just absolutely spectacular. So I hope and pray that you have had an opportunity to get out and about, get your fingers dirty in the garden or... Just get out there and do some walking. You know, we need to get out and about. That's right. Um, Fresh the, air, sunshine, oh, sunlight. Absolutely, especially when we're in lockdown. And um, yes. those of us who are living here in um, the Newcastle, Lake Macquarie, let's say New South Wales area, <laughs> um, those of us, those of you who are in Victoria can, can relate to us, especially those in Melbourne. Um, and we're going to talk about Melbourne has been front and oh. centre. Have mercy. Wow. From riots to to rumbles. Yeah, they've been shaken up. They have been shaken up well and truly, well and truly. So we're going to talk about all of that and more today. So today, hope and pray that you're able to hang there with us. We have um, we've got a double segment on current world events. There is just so much going on, Sharissa. You and I, we came in with our mouths wide open to the studio. (laughs) Behind masks. Behind masks, yes, indeed. And, you know, we are just astounded. I'm just, like, astounded with how much stuff has happened this last week. You know, I never worry about what are we going to talk about on the next week's episode. There's always something to talk about. There always is. I mean, when you've got people like me, there always is. When there isn't things to talk about, I find things to talk about, but let alone right now. Yes, thank you for the affirmation. (laughs) So, Shell, great to have you. Have you had a good week so far, Shell? I have, yeah. It was really good. I got to babysit my grandbaby yesterday. Oh, how sweet. Took her for a big walk. She's been giving Mama a hard time. Mama needed some rest. Yes. And so grandma to the rescue. Grandma Shell, how does that sound? Do you like the ring of that, Grandma Shell? She loves it. Nana? So how how do they call you, Nana? It's still early days. I'm going to go for the southern southern, um, grandma name, so it'll be like Mama. Oh, um, wow. Something like that. Me, mom, oh. oh, There you go. There you go. There you go. So anyway, folk, um, yeah, we are, we are looking forward to a great show. We're going to be once again in the book of Revelation today. And so we're going to share with you a little bit more about that as we go along. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy this beautiful song from Jesse Clark Funk, Come Thou Future. Come Thou Fountain. Every blessing Tune my heart to Sing thy grace Streams of mercy Never ceasing Call for songs of Loud 
modest praise. Teach me some lotus sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of the. Welcome back. That was Come Thou Fount. I love that beautiful hymn. Amen. Amen indeed. So thank you so much for choosing that wonderful opening song, Shell. Fantastic. 
thoroughly enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that? I did from announcement to finish. Absolutely. Well, folk, it's time for us to talk news from a prophetic point of view, for that is what this show is all about. Looking up, in case you're wondering, looking up is based on the words of Jesus in Luke 21, 28, where he said, when you see all these things come to pass, and he's talking about uh, the the rapidly deteriorating situation on planet Earth that will usher in the coming of Jesus, which is what we're seeing, which is what we're going to talk about. He says, when you see these things come to pass, don't look down, don't look around. He didn't say that, but he said, look up because your redemption is drawing I near. I love it. So, he even says when you see these things begin exactly, to come to pass. We're exactly. certainly seeing the beginning of a convergence of all these things We certainly are. We certainly are. And, um, you know, like I shared um, a few weeks ago, uh, last year, 2020, seems like a non-event compared to 2021. And we have still got like three and a half months left. You know, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that 2020 would be like a walk in the park compared to 2021. Oh, no, did I say that? (laughs) And I remember thinking, well, that'll be interesting. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) Well, let me just say that 2022... Oh, we'll make no. I'll stop. I'll stop. I will stop. We're we're nowhere near twenty twenty two, but there's some. There are some major, um, earth shattering. I believe prophetically significant events uh, that are literally happening before our very eyes. So we are here to to put the spotlight on on world events. From the from the perspective of Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. because Jesus said um, in in John fourteen verse twenty nine, He said, "I have told you these things, so that when they come to pass, you may believe." Mm-hmm. So, and that was in connection with His death, you know, His death and His resurrection, and so on and so forth. But that principle applies to you know Bible prophecy. We we are able to put our faith and trust in God, His word. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Which you do well to heed, as Peter writes in Second Peter chapter one verse nineteen, and so so Sharissa, let's start off with my hometown. Why okay, not? Why my not? hometown. Where is that? My hometown. Well, I was born in the western suburbs of Melbourne. I was born in Footscray, and by the way, Footscray is in the AFL Grand Final this coming Saturday. You just had to slip. That I in just there. had to slip that. So <laughs> I was born. In the hospital where <laughs> the team is in the AFL Grand Final. And wow, you congratulations. Know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yes, uh, the Bulldogs. So if there are any other Bulldogs fans out there, I was a Collingwood supporter, um, but I did live in Footscray. But I do have a soft spot for the Bulldogs, um, for, the, for the Footscray team. Anyway, it's interesting that they're not playing the Grand Final at the MCG, you know, the mecca of AFL Grand Finals where they've played them, you know, ever since the beginning of time, they're playing it in Perth. Did you know that? I did. I don't know much about this. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Where do we start, (laughs) Shell? Where do we start? It's being played in Perth, obviously due to COVID. So Uh the two Melbourne teams are having to travel to Perth. Um, The Melbourne uh, team. And they're called the Melbourne Demons. I mean, there's no what way. A name. I would not support a team that was called the Demons. They just, I just wouldn't support that. <laughs> anyway, so the Melbourne team uh, playing the Footscray team. You know, two two Melbourne teams, and um, they're in the grand final. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We are here because nothing, nothing in Bible prophecy talks about the AFL grand final, <laughs> but a lot in Bible prophecy talks about some of the upheaval that we have been experiencing. Oh, yeah. So, so Melbourne, mm. um, I guess. 
couple of days ago were front page headlines here in our part of the world. And I mean, you think about it, Sharissa, for our own COVID situation to move off that first front page headline on our six o'clock evening news, it's got to be big news. Mm -hmm. And Melbourne did, Mm. you know, with the construction workers and the protest. And yesterday, did you see what happened yesterday? I didn't tell me. Well, yesterday, the construction workers there in Melbourne um, protested um, in the in the centre of of town. There were police everywhere and so on and so forth. People, you know, who have seen the news will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, what was amazing, they made their way from the centre of town, from like Parliament House, they were just, you know, walking around here, there and everywhere. They made their way onto the Westgate Bridge. Have you ever been on the Westgate Bridge? I think I have. The Westgate Bridge is enormous. It's ginormous. It's like, you know, five, six lanes each way. And um, and they made their way on the Westgate Bridge and so they brought the Westgate Bridge traffic to a standstill. Wow. They, were, they were jumping on top of cars. You know, there were people that were really freaked out by the whole thing and, you know, there was just it was just bedlam. Hmm. It was something that you see overseas. It's not something that you see in Australia mm-hmm. when we've had protests. It's something that you see in other countries and to see it here in Australia, in my hometown, nonetheless, was just incredible. And the protests are still continuing today. Apparently, yes. Yeah, um, I think they've scaled back because yeah. the police are a lot firmer. Like they had a seven-hour protest. They literally started like about nine ten o'clock in the morning. They were going until about 5 o'clock hmm. before they went home. They did a lot of kilometres. Mm. A lot of guys. So they got their exercise in. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that was... That That was just one thing. That was just one thing. You tell us about what else has just happened today. You were saying you were talking to some family of yours today and then you got an email? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I run run a a Zoom Bible study on a Wednesday night, you know, for for my family and, and a few others have joined in as well. So each Wednesday morning I... I give them a reminder, you know, send them my Zoom link and so forth and invite them along. So um, I'm, I'm sending them the link around 9 o'clock-ish, early, you know, just just a few minutes after 9. I send them a link and I say, look, folk, um, we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say concerning what's been happening in Melbourne, you know, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the protests. And, and, I mean, they just had their premiere. Was it Sunday? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was not Sunday. Yeah, Daniel Andrews, he rolled out their reopening plan. That's right. yep. And my cousin sent me, like, I've, I've just showed you, you know, two pages of what you can and can't do when they get to 70%, one page, and when they get to 80%. It's just, I mean, I'm glad our politicians didn't come up with the Ten Commandments because it wouldn't be Ten Commandments. <laughs> we would, we'd be struggling be a, to remember them. We'd be having at least 120 commandments <laughs> because there's just literally point after point. Yeah, um, a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. And anyway, so I sent them a message saying, look, we're going to talk about this from a, <laughs> excuse me, from a prophetic point of view, and I encouraged them to tune in. And I had barely pressed the send button, you know, um, yeah, barely pressed send on this group text all of a sudden, like five minutes later, one of my cousins, um, she's like, Danny, we've just had an earthquake. Mm. And I'm like, I'm thinking, is she speaking metaphorically here? <laughs> has there been something? Is this a sign has, or a has, symbol? <laughs> I'm thinking, has the protest like erupted like an earthquake? That's what I'm thinking, you know, yeah. um, because I, I wasn't home at the time. And I'm like, really? I was, I was out. And, um, and then I forgot about it. 
And then I get home and I turn on the news and sure enough, there's been an earthquake. Not just any earthquake, <clears throat> but a rather large one, 5.9 magnitude. And there have been a number of aftershocks as well. And That's huge. Yeah. And uh, so I, I heard about it slightly similarly. I, I had just messaged a friend in Melbourne to ask them for some personal details. We wanted to send them something in the mail. And yeah. Got a message back and saying, we just had an earthquake, but we're okay. And I thought, wait a minute, are they overseas because they're Filipino? So I thought maybe they were had somehow gotten to the Philippines and there was an earthquake in the Philippines, but here in Australia. Wow. So I guess that's a sign of the times. It was reminding me of what Jesus said, you know, Matthew mm. 24, and there will be earthquakes in various places. In Luke 21 verse… 11, I think it is. Is it 11? Yes, it is. Um, it says, and there will be great earthquakes in various places. And so I think you said something about why this is significant, I think, to me last week. Do you remember what you said? Um, why why Jesus records oh, earthquakes? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I've thought about that because when you take a look at the natural disasters that Jesus pinpoints, he only really pinpoints one. Mm. Um, you know, he's speaking uh, about all natural disasters when he speaks of earthquakes, but he pinpoints Earthquakes, and mm. I was racking my brain, thinking, "Why? What's so significant about an earthquake?" And two things struck me: two really important things. Number one, earthquakes are the only natural disaster where you have no prior warning, mm-hmm. no prior warning, complete you know, surprise, complete surprise. And Jesus, in the context of his second coming, he says that his coming is not a secret, but it will be a surprise. It will catch many off guard like a thief in the night. Yes. Um, Labor pains. You know they're going to come, but you don't know exactly when the labor will begin. But you know it's going to be any day now, any Mm -hmm. moment now. But the woman, you know, she has her bags packed. She's ready. The guy's not necessarily always ready. (laughs) I wasn't ready (laughs) the second time around. Um, but you know, so so the message is there. Be ready. That was number one. Number two, earthquakes are often associated with conversion. Oh, you that's have a nice point. You yeah. have you have an earthquake happening. The Book of Acts. Um, yeah, even before the Book of Acts, at the cross when yes. Jesus died, there was Good an earthquake, point. and the centurion said, "Surely this was the Son of God." Yeah. In the Book of Acts, you know, Paul and Silas in prison. There's an earthquake. Yes. The jailer gives his heart to the Lord and his whole family. There's an earthquake. There's an earthquake at the end of time when Jesus comes. Um, It's interesting here. I was just reading it this morning, actually. I was reading it this morning, and uh, and this is what it says. Let me just see. Is it part of the seventh plague or is it part of the seventh trumpet? Um, I think it's the seventh trumpet. So if we take a look here at, um, is it chapter 11? Um, and uh, verse 19, was it there? Um, where are we here? Or was it, da, 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 or was it the... I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yes, here, um, no, <laughs> yeah, I know that there, there, there's an earthquake such as the world has never experienced before. Um, I was reading it earlier. Now, it's either part of the... I, I don't seem to see it in the seventh trumpet. Um, it could very well be the... The, the seventh um, plague. So I'll look it up for you here. On my you look it up for me. Um, yeah, here we go. Here we go. It, it's the it? seventh plague. It's the seventh plague. Revelation 16. Yes. And, um, and I'll pick it up 
in um, verse, where are we here? Verse 18. Yep. Actually, I'll pick it up in verse 17 to give the context. So, so this is the seventh plague, which is the last plague that ushers in the coming of Jesus. Then, this is Revelation 16, verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out from the temple of heaven, from the throne saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake, Mm. such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. So this is the granddaddy of all (laughs) earthquakes. We keep reading. Now the great city, speaking of Babylon, was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away and the mountains were not found and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail since the plague was exceedingly great. So this is how Jesus comes. It's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be huge. And no wonder every eye will see Christ. And that reminds us of Revelation chapter 6, Sharissa. Yes. At the end of Revelation chapter 6, there where it speaks of the second coming of Jesus, in Revelation 6 verse 14, it says, Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. That's that earthquake mm-hmm. that we read of in the, seventh, um, in the seventh plague. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men and the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks and in the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Oh, wow. wow. That's a great uh, number of connections there. Huge. So it's almost like the earth is shaking to wake us up. Jesus it is. is coming it soon. It is. Look Jesus up. is coming soon. We need to be looking up. So that's the message. Um, and so we're going to go to uh, a break now. We're going to go to the news. And then we're going to come back with some more current events, things that are transpiring us, telling us that Jesus is coming soon. So sit back and enjoy the commission from the Cain siblings. See my hands and look at my feet It's okay if it's hard to believe I have faith that you will do greater things It's my time to go But before I
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Hey, look up, child. Hey, look up. Looking up, we are here with you this afternoon on this glorious, absolutely spectacular. Just doesn't get any better than this. Spring Wednesday afternoon. It doesn't get any better than this. Yes, it's just fantastic. You know what, Sharissa, I would love it if instead of being in the studio here locked in, not that we're not locked in enough, I would love it if we could do our program. Shell, could you organise it outside? She can't. That was a good... Good. Oh, it was a good idea, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> didn't go. Like most of my ideas, they're really good, but they don't seem to get any it traction. It was a very organic idea. Very organic. Yeah, just wow. Just straight off your head. Just, just came out. like most things that I say, I'm just straight <laughs> off the top of my head. And that's why they don't get me very far. Anyway, <laughs> we are here. We are talking about what is going on in the world and how that relates to the looking up that Jesus told us about in Luke 21, 28, to look up when our redemption is drawing near when we see all this craziness going on. That's right. We just talked about, you know, what's been happening in Melbourne. We talked about the earthquake. Mm. And, you know, as I reflect on that, these things have always been happening, earthquakes. People have always been kind of anxious and fearful, but they've never been reacting to these things the way they're reacting today. Like there's a global reaction to what's happening in the world right now, which... There is, and um, and that reminds us of those labor pains. We yes. must never forget, like you said earlier, there's a convergence, mm-hmm. a convergence of events, you know, be it in the political sphere, in the economic sphere, in the social sphere, in the environmental sphere, in the religious sphere. Um, are there any other spheres that I've missed? Every sphere. Yeah, you know, um, so we have a convergence now, and this is telling us that those labor pains are converging Mm -hmm. world labor pains are converging and this tells us that jesus coming is indeed at the door as he said even at the door amen you know on that note i just saw an article before i came into the studio it's called here um, and probably our listeners have heard about it but best and less is going to refuse entry to unvaccinated shoppers from new south wales stores uh, from october 18. Wow, so in a month's time, unless you are fully vaccinated... There will be less shoppers at Best and Less. (laughs) There will be less shoppers at Best and Less indeed. Wow. And, I mean, that's not not just a little sort of, you know, store out, store out back. That's that's a mainline store. A lot of people do their shopping there. And one steps out, it gives the others ideas. Mm. So, yeah, just fascinating events. It is, it is. And... um, yeah, so you know there is there is there is a lot of anxiety 
when it comes to the whole, you know, uh, vaccination, um, the COVID passports, um, the lockdowns. You know, when you put all these things in in the same basket, it's it's a lot. I mean, like you know, just going back to Melbourne, apparently they have or they will um, break the record for the longest period in lockdown in the world. Wow. Like, like they have already been in lockdown for about 230 days. 230 days they've been in lockdown since the pandemic began last year. Wow. Where, where is this again? Melbourne. Oh. This is yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, Our friends in Melbourne. out of lockdown. That's yeah, right. They, they, this is their sixth lockdown that they're in right now. Incredible. Um, seven's the perfect number, so maybe there's another one coming. Should I should I send out <laughs> a, a memo <laughs> to my cousins and say, folk, seven's the perfect number. There's one more coming. No. Um, so you you can just see the frustration, the fear, you know, the chaos and the confusion. Um, you know, it's 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 it is the way it is. I mean, I speak to my cousins. I've got cousins in Melbourne, and they're like, "Well, you know, we just we just can't handle this anymore." And people are just frustrated um, on so many levels, and um, yeah, and we're just seeing, you know, we're seeing this earthquake of agitation and protest that is just breaking out, such as we've never seen before. It's all trending in the very direction where the Bible says it would, uh, that Jesus told us, you know, that these things would all come to pass. He did. Um, I'm thinking of another article mm. that I have here in front of me. I found this uh, the other day. It was published August 4, 2020, and it's written by another other than Bill Gates himself. Oh. It's called Gates Notes. It's the blog of Bill Gates. And this was the title. I just thought it was interesting. COVID-19 is awful. Climate change could be worse. And he goes through and he makes a number of points about how terrible uh, climate change is. Oh, sorry, how terrible COVID has been. But he says climate change is going to cause thousands of deaths, millions of deaths if we do not do something about it. In fact, he's got here a line, by 2060, climate change could be just as deadly as COVID-19. And by 2100, sorry, 2100, it could be five times as deadly. So he paints a pretty grim picture for the future. And basically, the bottom line of it is, he says, we need to learn from our mistakes with the COVID pandemic. He says it's a cautionary tale for climate change, and it points us toward a better approach. We need to start now, tap into the power of science and innovation and ensure solutions for the poorest. We can avoid making the same mistake with climate change. Wow. Well, and um, and look, that's where it's all heading because now we have, I mean, we've got the United Nations General Assembly going on right now. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll speak yes. in that space in a little bit. Was there anything else that you had on, oh, uh, on COVID? Just the last thing here, the LA Times posted a call. Oh, yeah. That do you want is, to share that one? No, you do. You do because was, you put me onto that. That's well, it was August amazing. 9, 20, so like not last month also. But the column reads, COVID was a dress rehearsal for global climate change and it didn't go well. And we've actually been saying this is like a dress rehearsal for the we, final event. We've been using that very language. Oh. We've been using that very language and I've been saying like, you know, COVID is like the reserves game before the seniors. Yep. You know, and they're using the same language that we've been sharing. And the reason we've been sharing it is because it's in line with what the Bible says Prophetically speaking, when you read Revelation 13, and we've brought this up before and probably worth bringing it up again, but there's a lot of people that have come to the conclusion that receiving the vaccination is the mark of the beast. It's not. I know it's not. We know it's not, and we've said that over and over again. But the reason why they've come to that conclusion, and I can see how 
They've come it to that conclusion. It smells like it. It smells like it. It looks <laughs> like it. It feels like it. Because in Revelation, yeah. there it says that unless you have the mark of the beast, you cannot buy or sell. Okay, so there are sanctions placed upon you. You know, there is, you know, your your freedoms are taken away from you if you're not willing to go along with it. And so when it comes to when it comes to the issue of COVID and the vaccination, you know, it's not news to anyone that you know if you're not doubly vaccinated, you can't do this, you can't go on a picnic, you can't go flying, you can't you can't go to best and less. Um, <laughs> and so people yeah. are saying, hey, and I've had my my family, my family members. Especially at the beginning of you know of this um, rollout, you know this uh, COVID passport and um, so forth and so on, they were saying to me, "Danny, are you sure the mark of the beast is not the vaccine? Because, it, like you said, it smells like it, looks like it." And I had to show them from Scripture that the issue at the end of time is not about a vaccine; it's about worship. Amen. It's about allegiance. It deals with one of God's ten commandments. Yes. And the vaccine does not deal with one of God's Ten Commandments. I also tell people, you know, the mark of the beast is it's symbolically received in the forehead or in the right hand, but uh, not in the arm. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. But anyway, just, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, yeah, so, so there's a lot of confusion on that. And, yeah, dress rehearsal. And um, we've talked about this before. Uh, there's a huge, and I'm saying capital H, capital U, capital G, capital E, huge Climate Change Summit coming up in Glasgow in exactly. the UK at the beginning of November. So right now everybody's worried about COVID. We see the headlines. It's it's consuming us, the, the updates and all of this. But right around the corner is climate change. But they're gearing up for climate change. That's right. They're gearing up for climate change. And, um, you know, there's a number of articles that I have read recently where they're saying the lessons that we have learnt in COVID as a world we need to now put into place when it comes to the climate because COVID taught us that we can come together as a world community, and we have. This vaccination rollout is not just in Australia or in the Western world. It's around the world. It's global. And that's something the For Bible the says would happen too. Exactly. Like people would all come together but on two sides. Exactly. The world would be polarised, exactly. and we're seeing a polarisation exactly. begin. Exactly. So all the ingredients uh, that we find in COVID – all the ingredients, they are present there with the climate agenda and they are all to be found in Bible prophecy. Incredible. It's fascinating. Now, you know, on that, you know, talking about the world coming together, you know, there's a number of scriptures in, in Revelation and I won't take the time to read them, but um, in Revelation 17, it says, you know, that at the end of time, they will be of one mind and they will reign for one hour. It speaks of the ten kings of mm. the earth. That's speaking of all the political leaders of the earth, giving their authority and power to the beast, which, you know, according to Bible prophecy, is the Roman papal system. So it's interesting that the two leading figures in the climate change, uh, in the climate change train, you know, driving the train, are Pope Francis and Joe Biden. The it president. So they are the two leading figures and right no now. One, yeah, and if no one believes us, they should just go check out their latest tweets. Absolutely. <laughs> Both Absolutely. of them are tweeting about this very they are, And they're saying the same thing. They're saying this is our last chance yes. to address climate. They're both leading. And in Revelation 13, these two powers, verses 11 to 17, come together. <laughs> the United States of America and the Roman papacy come together at the end of time to coerce the entire world into following an agenda that will bring about that final worship conflict. 
And so they're on the same page when it comes to climate change. It's fascinating because Joe Biden right now, literally, I think it was today, our time, when he addressed the United Nations, guess what his number one item was on his shopping list? I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. Climate change. Oh, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the $28 trillion debt that the United yeah. States is in and they're upping that and upping that and upping that. And this whole climate change agenda is going to require trillions and trillions of dollars around the world to be implemented because we are completely changing how we do life. And so he said that was number one on his agenda. And it's fascinating if I could just share this. Um, this was from the Secretary General. Let me get this. Um, the new Secretary General. Sorry, not the new Secretary General. The the current one. Yes. This is what Antonio. he... Antonio. Yeah, um, his name is Antonio Guterres. And this is what he said. These are straight out of his mouth. These are the words at the end of his speech to the United Nations General Assembly. He said, global governance may sound lofty or abstract. It is not. Wow. It is not. When did he say that? Literally, he said that um, a few days ago. This is September seventeenth. So I watched. So. I watched a speech he gave, and uh, he was being interviewed. And I, I was going to say to you just now, he was very passionate and very concerned for the climate, and that was like the, the high theme Absolutely. of his speech there. So absolutely not surprising, but it's, it's amazing that he says absolutely. That this there. is and this is what he went on to say. His final words were, "The choice is ours to make." but we will not have this chance again. Mm. So this is like it's do or die. Mm-hmm. Do or die. Either we make we, we, we make actions to address this existential threat to the planet right now or it's curtains. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to have another opportunity. COVID has given us that opportunity is what they're saying. Incredible. It's just, this is just straight out of, and it's interesting that a declaration that was signed by the United Nations, nations, there's 193 of them last year at the 75th anniversary, implemented for this year. It's got 12 points, and the first one is leave no one behind. Mm. Number two, protect our planet. Number three, promote peace and prevent conflicts. This is straight out of scripture. When they say peace and safety, what's going to happen Sudden then? Sudden destruction like, upon them. Like a woman. Like labor a, pains upon a pregnant the, woman yeah. and they shall not escape. This is just mind-blowing, Sharissa. Oh, and, you know, in light of these things, I just think we need to be doing what the disciples did when with Jesus in Matthew 24. Mm. It, the Bible says they came to him privately. Mm. Tell us these, you know, what will these things be? We need to be spending that private time with Jesus now. Amen. Talking to him, Amen. having a personal friendship with him. If you don't pray, now's the time to start talking to God, yeah. to open your heart to him. I think the earthquake is an opportunity for all of us to be shaken up, you know, to be shaken out of our lukewarm, apathetic Laodicean state. Because Absolutely. we are, we are in Laodicea. Absolutely. And um, that's one of the seven churches. That's the seventh and final church. We're going to be looking at that. And I agree with you. If ever there was a time when we needed to have deep roots in our relationship with Jesus, it's now. Because the only thing that's going to get us through, folk, the only thing that's going to get us through with the storm that is coming and will only intensify is our relationship with Jesus. That is it. There is no other hope. Yes. And we're going to talk more about that when we get to our Bible study just in a moment. 
Indeed we are. But in the meantime, folk, we have a, a great song for you to enjoy. It's it's uh, called My Father's House. I love this song, My Father's House, from the Nellens. So sit back and enjoy, and we will be with you as we open the book of Revelation after this. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful country rendition of My Father's House. And my dear friends, that is God's plan for each and every one of us to be part of his kingdom. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again in my Father's house and many mansions. Amen. And there's a place for each and every one of us, Sharissa. Absolutely. And I believe our name is there on the doorpost ready 
to be welcomed in by Jesus Christ into our heavenly home. Amen. What a what a wonderful thought and hope that we have oh, in Christ. That is that is the only hope. You know, that is the only hope. I uh, I forgot to do something in our last segment, so I may as well do it now. Go for it. Um, we have a prize. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Big prize. And the prize is going to be able to go to the first and second person okay. to call or text us when we release the code word for today. Mm-hmm. We haven't released it. It's coming, but uh, the prize is it's it's called the Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation. Oh, it's, wow! Well, it's a Bible study journal. Fantastic! <laughs> you can get one in red or black, so uh, you get to make a choice there. But this is what it is. It's like it's got journaling space. It's got the the Bible words on one side, and it's got space to journal and. Beneath that journaling space, guess what? They've got the study notes that we have in our Bible. The no Andrew's way. Study Bible. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's only one prize. Two. I'm going to take okay. one of them. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I've, I've already. I've, I've got the code word already okay. because right. I come up with it. Yeah. So I've come up with a code word. I have it. So only one listener will receive the prize because there I'm getting go. the other one. No, just kidding, folks. <laughs> just kidding. There's two prizes, but it is a fantastic journal. Maybe we should release the code word at the end of this segment or? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because then we've got um, a couple more after this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll release the code word at the end of this segment. So make sure you're ready with your nimble fingers to type in the code word or quickly call us. What are the numbers? The numbers, so you can be ready, is 0491-064-669. I'll say it again, 0491-064-669. Fantastic. And we're going to get into our Bible study now, but we've got a couple of exciting programs that we are going to um, share with you. Maybe we'll do that in our last program, um, Sharissa. Um, in our last segment, I should say, we'll share a couple of programs that we'll be rolling out that I think you'll be very interested in online, of course. And uh, those who are listening will be able to certainly tune in to, to one of them, possibly the other one, if we can somehow get uh, the, the series that I'll be doing to Faith FM. I'll talk with them and maybe they can air it at some time and we can let our listeners know regarding a program that I'll be doing. However, um, yeah, at this point in time, Sharissa, we are going to move into our Bible study. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Um, Looking forward to this. That's fantastic. So do you want me to kick off with prayer? Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we're just so excited, not by what is going on in the world, Father. It's distressing what is going on in the world. It's heartbreaking to see the chaos and the confusion, the fear and the frustration, the angst and the anxiety that is all around us, Father, that is palpable. But, Father, we look beyond what we see to what we do not see by faith. Mm-hmm. And we look beyond to, to, to those heavenly courts above where the final work of, of, of your work on behalf of humanity is taking place, mm-hmm. where that final gospel call is being echoed around the world Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. And so we look to him right now as we plunge into the book of Revelation. We look for the hope that we alone have in Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we open this this book of hope, this book of revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will speak into our hearts words of life, words of hope, words of peace. Mm. For this is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Prince of Peace. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I guess as we kick off our Bible study now, we are going through the seven churches. Last week was our introductory uh, topic uh, time together, and we we went through Revelation chapter 1, and wow, we could have spent the next eight weeks just on Revelation chapter 1. There was just so much there. Oh, so much. But uh, we got through it, and we we come now to Revelation chapter 2. Today we're only looking at verses 1 to seven, which is dealing with a letter to the church of Ephesus. And there are seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation. And as we're just setting this up, I just want to reflect on that a little bit, that the book of Revelation is really a love story. It has all the elements of one. There is a prince who is Jesus, and he has a bride um, whom he professes, and that's his church. But there's also a villain, (laughs) a dragon. And that dragon is constantly trying to attack the bride, trying to attack the prince through uh, trying to steal away the bride. And uh, that's basically the story as it goes. But if you go to the very back of the book, you'll see that the story ends happily ever after. Amen. Don't we love uh, that ending? And this is not a fairy tale, Sharissa. This is not a Hollywood fairy tale. Amen. This is the real deal. Absolutely. And I guess uh, last week, as we were going through chapter one, we should just set up the picture again. We saw a picture of, well, John saw the picture. John saw Jesus. He heard a voice. He turned to see where the voice is coming from. And he turned and he saw Jesus, who Jesus says, I am the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and Omega. And he saw him standing among seven golden candlesticks. And how did we come to understand what those seven golden candlesticks were? Well, it tells us in the text. Uh, We discovered that in verse 20 of chapter 1, right at the end of chapter 1, we are told what those seven golden lampstands are, what the seven stars are. And it says, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand. This is, you know, this is the angel speaking of, of Christ. Or is this Christ speaking? Uh, they are, I thought it was uh, Jesus. Jesus, okay. So Jesus here is speaking because the words are not in red and so I sometimes am not sure when I don't have my red letter Bible. He says, The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So basically um, here we have Jesus And he has in his right hand the seven stars, which are the messengers of the seven churches, the leadership of the seven churches. And a messenger, uh, an angel, that's the same word, a person who is a leader in their spiritual community. So those who are the leaders of the spiritual community, they are in the nail-scarred right hand, the hand of favor of Jesus. So they are in his hand. That is a powerful picture. Absolutely. And Jesus is walking in the midst of, of the seven lampstands, which represent the seven churches. So Jesus is in the center of his church. And it's yes. interesting, the sanctuary, the presence of God, was in the center of the camp of Israel. Mm, and Jesus it. here is in the center of his churches. For Beautiful. the last 2,000 years, he has been in the center of his, of his churches. Amen. And as we go through a little more, as we discover more about those churches, we're going to see just what an incredible picture of God's grace and love that this is for him to be in the center of these churches. As weak and sometimes defective, mm. though they may be, God's love for the church is not 
lessened by that. It's it's amazing. So um, I have a little quote here that I'd like to just share, and then I guess we could comment on just how this is a, this is not just something you and I are making up. This understanding of how these messages apply to. Christian history of the Christian church. So I'll just read to you this quote. It's from a book called Acts of the Apostles. And the writer here writes, the names of the seven churches are symbolic of the church in different periods of the Christian era. The number seven indicates completeness and is symbolic of the fact that the messages extend to the end of time, while the symbols used reveal the condition of the church at different periods in the history of the world. Mm, Very good summary. Yeah, so that does kind of summarize it. But basically, as I understand it, Many Christian churches, faiths, all agree that these churches describe different periods of church That's history. Right. They have differing opinions on the last uh, two um, churches here, but we'll see and let the Bible uh, give us that interpretation. But this is a very, very basic, general understanding, and it's it's as solid as your Bible. Yeah, it's it's good that you you mention that. And um, for those who may not be familiar with the Book of Revelation. Um, it's obviously a book of symbols, right? In the very first verse of of Revelation, we are told that you know it was signified, and so that word there is you know in symbols. But one of the key symbols is the number seven, mm-hmm. and it appears over and over again. You've got you know you've got the seven spirits, you got the seven churches, as you have pointed out. There are seven trumpets, there are seven seals, there are seven blessings, there are seven plagues. You know, um, seven is is throughout the book of Revelation, and that is the number of completeness. Mm-hmm. It's God's perfect number. And so, yeah, the seven churches describe uh, the church throughout the last 2,000 years from the time of Christ all the way to the very end. And it's it is it's also important to note that we can learn lessons, everyone, in every age can learn lessons from every single church. Yes. Because, you know, Solomon said there is nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Human nature is human nature. Fallen human nature is the same yesterday, today, and until Jesus comes. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, we, we all have things in common. Mm-hmm. We all have common struggles, you know. Maybe we, we have different, you know, different ways of, of working through those struggles now because obviously we live in a very different age. But you know what? Pride, um, selfishness, mm. arrogance, unforgiveness—that's um, unforgiveness. <laughs> just part of being human. Yeah. A fallen human being that you know Adam and Eve, when they sinned, all the way through to our day, have had to deal with. Yes. So we can learn lessons from each and every one of those seven churches, even though they do relate to seven different time periods as well. They are seven literal churches in the book of Revelation. So these messages relate to the literal churches of Asia Minor in the first century. They are applicable and they relate. So they relate on three levels, you mm-hmm. could say. Yeah, I like I like that. They have a then time and an end time application and, and uh, historical That's application. That's right, exactly, well. yeah. Very good. Well, um, all right, I think we're ready to, to read verse 1. <laughs> Would you like to read Revelation right. 2 verse 1? Sure. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. All right. So we have a bit to unpack here already. Who is speaking? Jesus. How do we know? Because it's in red letters 
Not in this Bible, but in my other Bible. <laughs> all of chapter 2 and chapter 3 is red letters. There is nothing but red. That's right. And we just saw in the previous chapter, he is the one. Jesus yeah. is the one I'm in the middle of the seven golden lampstands. The, the name Ephesus, what does it mean? I understand that it means desirable. Yes. Is that correct? Yep. Desirable. Yep. That's what I have here too. Um, so, so, yeah, we have this... Um, uh, city. It mm-hmm. was a major. It was the major city in Asia Minor, um, a seaport. I've been there. I've mm-hmm. been to Ephesus. Uh, Paul was there for several years. I think three years. He preached in Ephesus, raised up the Christian church there in Ephesus. So it's a significant. It was a significant Roman city. Yes, and it's um, interesting that you say that because uh, these were literal churches, as you mentioned before, and. John, or at least Jesus, could have addressed many other different churches in the seven churches. He could have addressed the church in Corinth, but it's yes. not here in Revelation. No. He could address the church in Athens, but he didn't do that either. He selects this one specifically because it represents a period of time in Christian history. And how do we work out what that period of time is? I've got a statement here. I'll just slip it in before we have to go to the break. But the starting point of every time prophecy is always where the prophet is. And so the prophecies in Revelation, therefore, they'll always begin the first century and they'll take us down through the stream of time Mm. so where is john well he's right now in the early christian church and so uh yeah we've got a starting you know period of history but we'll come back to this in just a few moments we certainly will well i hope you're enjoying this introduction to the first church the church of ephesus the church that is desirable we're going to come back after this beautiful piece of music from James Block, First Love. There we go, right on our theme. So I hope and pray that you enjoy this. We'll be back as we continue this Bible study. Come back from the gold, gold refined in the fire. I'll give you
Welcome back. Great to have you continuing on this journey with us as we are studying the book of Revelation. We are studying the first church of the seven, the church of Ephesus. The church whose name means? Desirable. And guess what? What? That is our code (laughs) word, desirable. Yay. So if you want to be the first or second person to win and claim today's prize, text or call us with that word. Desirable, so you may have to Google it. <laughs> I was going to go with love, yeah. um, which is a little later on in the text, but Sharissa just wanted to stretch you a little bit, so not my doing. All right, I all was right. going to go with L-O-V-E, but um, desirable, that's not too hard. Um, spell it as best you can. As long as you get the D <laughs> right at the beginning, we'll be, you'll be right. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. It's so. desire and able. Desirable. Oh. Desire and able. You put them together. That was very good. <laughs> so if you uh, text us with that word on 0491-064-669, and if you're the first and or second person to contact us, you will have a great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation Bible study journal coming your way. You get to choose the color. Red or black. Correct. And there's Andrew's study notes there and you yeah. can just oh, have a wonderful study experience. Indeed, indeed. So so far away, folk. And, um, and just to remind you, in case you have missed some of our programs, you may be a new listener and we are just so grateful that you have joined us. But if you go to the Faith FM a website, or you download the Faith FM uh, app, even better, go to Looking Up and you'll be able to find all of our previous programs there, including our introduction to the seven churches last week when we kicked off with the first chapter. So mm-hmm. go to uh, Looking Up and they are all there for you to listen to. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. That's great. It's wonderful to know you can go back. You know, we have heard from some listeners. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, this is from our friend Freco. Oh, Freco. <laughs> Freco, thank you for sharing. Okay, what did Freco say? Freco obviously was listening before when we were talking about current events, and he uh-huh. said, I never felt the earthquake. If I did, I would have looked up hoping. Oh, I love that. Freco, 10 out of 10, brother. Good on you. What a message. Yeah. What a message of hope looking up. And you know what? That reminds me, um, the, the new president of the General Assembly, okay, the, he's from uh, the Maldives. Mm-hmm. Can't exactly remember his name right now because I've just shut down my, my computer. But he said in his opening address, you know, as the new elected president of the United Nations for the year, I think it's a 12-month term, he said, our only hope is man. You know, this world's only hope is man. And I was like so depressed by that. Mm. If if we are to put our trust in man alone, if man alone is the only hope for the human race, we are done and dusted. Mm. We are done and dusted. Oh, our man. goose is cooked. You been cooking a goose? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know how to cook anything. I just know how to make my breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Same uh, every that's, day. That's a, a great springboard for yeah. us. There's no hope in men. <clears throat> no no hope. hope in our works. The only works and hope we can have is in the works and in the person of Christ. Amen. So uh, we're back. We're looking at uh, the seven churches. We're in the first church. The church of Ephesus means desirable. And uh, let's read verse 2. Do, do you want to read sure. verse 2? Sure. Verse 2 and 3? Uh, Yeah, sure. Revelation 2, 2 and 3. Okay. I know your works. So this is Jesus speaking, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Love it. So this is a really beautiful opening uh, of the letter. Jesus introduces himself as the one who is amongst them, the one who is near, the one who has, um, he has them, the church, the messages of the churches, and he has the churches, you know, in his right hand, the leaders are in Mm. his hand. Uh, He then presents himself as one who knows. Mm. Uh, He's very aware and he commends and affirms everything that they're doing that is good for him, which is really wonderful. Um, this is obviously... A, and that's the first thing that he does. It's the first thing that he does. Maybe that's something we sh- need to take a note of. That's a good instead point. Of, instead of moving into judgment mode or into critical mode, the first thing we ought to do is we ought to affirm one another with the things that we can affirm, not just make things up. Absolutely. But to affirm where we can affirm. Yes. And as you read, as you read those two verses, it sounds like a really great church like it's it an active church yes um they're, they're testing those that um you know are evil they're making they're testing they're everything. laboring they're, they're laboring working. and the word literally means you know really striving putting in a huge effort mm-hmm. and that's what was happening in the early church i mean yes. you know when you read the book of acts the book of acts oh. is is a description of the early church I'm glad you raised that. and um and they are actively involved in sharing and witnessing they're willing they're willing to, you know, die for their faith, and many did die yes. for their faith. Stephen being the first martyr in the book of Acts, um, who who died, you know, because of his faith in Jesus Christ, and he was looking up mm. when he died. That's he was right. looking up into heaven. That's right. 
and he saw, you know, the Son of Man, you know, standing at the right hand of God. Um, and so, yeah, this was a very active church on fire for Jesus Christ in a very difficult time um, there at the beginning of the, of the Christian era where they were persecuted from the Jewish establishment as well as by the Roman establishment because they were considered a sect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, such a perfect, uh, I love your reminding us of the book of Acts, perfect illustration of the church of Ephesus, like mm. on fire it seems, mm. active, busy, doing the Lord's work. Amen. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. But something happens, and let's keep reading because the letter's got a few more. So maybe I'll read these next you go for it. three verses. Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Mm. So it's a busy church, but a church that's gotten so busy that Jesus has started to become left out. They're leaving Jesus out. They're doing his work without looking to the Lord of the work Mm. and really uh, loving him. Uh, You've left your first love. mm -hmm. You know, that's you mentioned earlier, you know, that the book of Revelation, the entire book, is in the context of a love story. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like that. You know, I heard someone share that. Um, some time ago, and I thought, yeah, that's it. You know, there's a, there's a prince, there's a bride, and you know, and there's a villain. Um, and so you have this love story right here at the outset. You know, um, you've left your first love. So this is like Jesus saying, you know, I'm your husband. Um, you know, I have given my life for you as my bride. You know, who Christ, who loved the church and gave Himself for her. Mm-hmm. That's Ephesians five twenty five. Mm-hmm. Husbands, mm-hmm. you know, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave herself, gave Himself for her. And Jesus is saying, I have given my life for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but sadly, you have walked away from me. And so we have we have this experience of the love growing cold. Mm. Um, in the church of Ephesus. That's right. They're now serving God out of a sense of uh, duty and obligation, but mm. not love. Yeah. And yeah. there's a danger in that. It, huge danger, huge danger. And, yeah, like you said, we can fall into that pit ourselves. I remember listening to um, a sermon from uh, a, a pastor that I greatly respect from America, a pastor called uh Pastor Derek Morris, Dr. Derek Morris also. And I remember one statement that he said, and he was talking about the story of Martha, Martha and Mary, where Martha was busy, yes. you know, busy serving the Lord. You know, she got cranky with her sister Mary who was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. You know, she was just lapping up the words of Jesus. And he said this statement, I've never forgotten it. He said, we can, we can be so busy serving the Lord Oh, no, sorry. We can be so busy doing the work of the Lord that we fail to spend time with the Lord of the work. Oh, love it. That reminds me um, of another one by Oswald Chambers, who he said, the greatest competitor of our love for Jesus is our service for Jesus. Wow. That gets in the way of our love for Jesus. Wow. That's terrible. But, uh, yeah, very... You can see how uh, what that book Acts of the Apostles I quoted it before how these messages don't didn't just apply to back then they apply to right now to mm. me to Amen. you Amen. to all of us it applies um, 
And it's such a serious thing that Jesus says, unless they repent, they are in danger of letting their lights go out and being cut off from their eternal home, from the eternal home that he wants to offer to Mm, them and bring them to. And so he's calling them to repent. Um, I like how Jesus frames his letter. It begins with praise, like affirmation. And then there is a a pause. And then he says, but you need to, you know, change this, fix this. Mm -hmm. And then it finishes with a commendation again. But good on you for, you know, also not liking what the Nicolaitans are doing, because I also don't like that. Who are they? Well, that's a good question. Do you have anything you want to add on that? Well, I was just taking a look at the comment here in our Andrew's study Bible, and I thought it was a a very good summary of it. Yes. Um, The Nicolaitans, if that's how you say it, um, was a group within the church who comprised, um, who sorry, who compromised with the popular religious culture of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in order to keep its message and practice clear, the church sometimes has to discipline members, which is apparently what was happening here. So, so the so the Nicolaitans they were looking to compromise. Yes, you know. They were compromising with the world. So mm-hmm. these were followers of Jesus who found it easier to compromise with the world rather than deal with the persecution mm-hmm. that would follow if they remained completely faithful and loyal to Jesus Christ, their groom. Amen. Uh, that's a, I think I like what you've just said there. Um, you know, this, this whole thing reminds me of when I was uh, learning to be a high school teacher once upon a time. I, I went and did some practice teaching under my former teacher from high school. She was my teacher. And she told me that uh, when you're giving affirmation or when you're trying to help a student, you do this thing. It's called praise, pause, praise. You first affirm them. Mm-hmm. So they feel good. Then you say, but you could do better here. Uh-huh. And then you appraise, like you affirm them again, and it just inspires them to actually ah. want to move forward and to do something about it. So it's kind of like Jesus is applying that to this church. He's really trying to encourage them along, and he's giving to them, you know, he presents warnings, yes, but he does this with affirmations for what they are doing well, and he offers forgiveness, grace, and love for Mm. where they are failing i love that and uh you know uh i love how again this is obviously not a perfect church no but jesus is in the midst because it's made up of people that's right and people the church would be fantastic if it didn't have any people in it that's right that's right and it's wonderful that jesus still presents himself as being in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks and there are two churches as we'll soon find that had no rebuke actually jesus had nothing bad that's right to say to them, but it doesn't say that Jesus was just amongst those two churches. He was all seven. That's right. And he's in the midst of his people. He's in the midst of his people. And yeah, I like what you say. It's interesting, this idea of, you know, Jesus says, you know, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. I think of the final conflict uh, that's described in Matthew 24. You know, we've got, um, you know, from about verse 9 to 14, we have that final conflict really, you know, escalating. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It says in verse 11, I think it is, or verse 12. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's verse 12, Matthew 24, verse 12. It says, the love of many will grow cold because lawlessness will abound. God's law will go out the window, will be trampled upon, and as a result, the love of many will grow cold. And that's exactly what we are reading here. Mm. So 
that is this church is especially applicable to those that are living at the end of time mm-hmm. where you know God's law of love is there to draw us nearer to Christ it's the principle of his kingdom you know those 10 commandments are the principles of his kingdom the constitution of heaven and how we can enjoy you know a happy and prosperous and peaceful coexistence with God our creator and with one another mm-hmm. and when that goes out the window Genuine love, agape love, grows cold. And that's exactly what we find here. Absolutely. I love this. And I I like what you pointed out there. And just reminds us that, you know, the Jesus who is speaking here to the church of Ephesus is the same Jesus who met the woman at the well. Mm. It's the same Jesus who told the disciples that, you know, they would all forsake him and leave him, but he would never forsake them. So he just deals with us in our weaknesses, and he wants us to grow. And uh, when we come back, I guess we can unpack what his counsel is and what the promise is to those who do take him up on his uh, encouragement and on his admonition to repent and turn. Yes, what a, what a wonderful Savior we have indeed. And um, so, folk, I hope you have been blessed thus far in our study of the Church of Ephesus. And we're going to be back in a little bit. There's news coming up, and then you will hear from us again as we continue this study. Keith and Kristen Getty, Oh, for a closer walk with God. Oh, for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly frame, a light to shine upon the road leading to the land. First I saw the Lord Where is that soul-refreshing view Of Jesus and His Word Oh, Father of God, come burden me Renew a holy passion Till Christ my deepest longing be My never-failing fountain, my never-failing fountain. What peaceful hours I once enjoyed, how sweet the memories still, but they have left an aching void, the world can never fill.
be close with God. Come answer in my fray, so purer light shall mark the road that leads me to the land. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Did you know that 80% of Faith FM's operating budget comes from supporters like you? It takes 700 people just like you giving just a dollar a day to keep us running. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and partner with Faith FM today. And for just a dollar a day, together, we can reach Australia with life-changing messages of hope. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Welcome back, everyone. We are on our final section of Looking Up and uh, just want to remind you that we have a prize that's available. Oh, there's one left? I think so. To the uh, first, oh, so the second person that contacts us now because we've given away one. It's the Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation, a Bible study journal complete with Andrew's study Bible notes and places to journal. It's a really nice looking journal. You can get a red one or a black one. And if you want it, you can have it if you're the second person to text us or call us with the word desirable, spelt desire and able, desirable, 0491-064-669 and 0491-064-669. That's the number to call a text. Fantastic. So, did you have an announcement you want to make? I do, yes. Um, there's a, a program that I think's Many of our listeners may be interested in or they may know someone. Uh, we obviously know that uh, depression and anxiety is running rife at the moment. It's, it's, it's bad at the best of times, but especially in the last 18 months since COVID came to town. And so our church, the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church, is running an online depression and anxiety recovery program. Mm. It's an eight-week program once a week, and the first information session is on this coming Sunday night. There's another one, um, another information session on Wednesday the 6th of October at 7 p.m., so it's all online. Um, I'll give you the phone number if you would like to um, register or if you'd like to get more information. It's 0449 751 
I'll give that number again, 0449-751-529. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great program. I'm also running uh, uh, a program where I'm going to focus three messages. There's going to be Q&A on the second coming of Jesus, mm. the signs of Jesus coming. It's called Discover Hope. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Discover Hope, Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. And that begins October 5, and October 5, 6, and 7. Yep. And then I'm going to go once a week um, going through God's final message of love to the world. I'm calling it Revelation of Hope, God's final message of love to the world. And we're going to unpack Revelation 14, 6 to 12, the three angels' messages, over 10, oh, over 10 weeks. So um, it's going to be yeah, 30 minutes. Presentation plus then Q&A. So if you're interested, go to the website www.discoverhope.info www.discoverhope.info and you can register for the upcoming program beginning on October 5, which is in just under two weeks from today, and you can be part of that series. Wonderful. Well, I hope everybody took notes on that because that's something you do not want to miss. Well, we're on the final leg of our Bible study mm, on, indeed, on Ephesus, yeah. the letter to the church of Ephesus. We heard here how Jesus reminds, uh, he introduces himself as the one who is in the midst of the candlesticks. He says he knows. He's very aware of everything that's going on and he appreciates their work and their, and their, um, yeah, just their perseverance that they're laboring for him. But, he has a he has something that he's not so happy about, and that mm. is that they have left their first love. Their first love. What does that mean? Well, to love, to leave your first love is to leave what Jesus invited his disciples, his his followers. He says, "Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all mm. your soul, with all your mind." And Luke adds, "With all your strength." Yeah. And love your neighbor as yourself. So. That is a summary of the Ten Commandments. Mm. And so when we lose our first love, we lose that that love, that agape love, which is unconditional. And that's the word that's used here. There's a, There are four different words that are used for love. In the Greek, you know, one of them is agape, which is here and that's throughout the New Testament, which is unconditional love. That's the love of God and the love that he wants us to have, that he plants within us through the Holy Spirit. You know, there's um, there's... There's the word um, uh, phile, you know, which is brotherly love. Then there's strogos, which is a love between family members. And then there's eros, which is that physical love between a husband and a wife. So they're the four, four terms of love. And here we've got agape. So Jesus is inviting the, the church to take on board that love for him the way he loves his bride yeah. and to and to you know give that love in return because that's how healthy relationships and I mean you're in a relationship I'm in a you know healthy marital relationships work best and really only work when you have two people in mutual love for one another so Jesus is saying I love you my love for you hasn't changed I'm inviting you to respond to my love. I love that. And uh, he, he actually spells that out for us so beautifully in verse mm. 5. He says, so you, you've left your first love, verse 4, but verse 5, 
Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Mm. Do what you did when you first fell in love with me. Mm. Like, uh, you know, we lose our first love when we think that uh, we no longer have to depend on God. But when you first come to Jesus, when you first realize that God loves you, you realize that everything hangs on what he has done mm. for you. Your whole, everything, you know, he's, he's your all in all. Um, and the church got so busy doing the work of the Lord, they started to depend on their works instead of depending on the Lord. They did. And um, so our works are important only as they as they are worked out through faith in love. Amen. You know, works other than those that are put into practice through faith in love are works of, of the flesh. You know, they are works of selfishness. They are those works where Jesus will say, you know, I know you did this in Matthew. What is it? Matthew chapter 7. Um, you know, we performed miracles. We did this. We did that. We did all these things in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to know you. We didn't have that relationship that was built on love, love in the word, love mm-hmm. in the commandments of God, you know, that, that faith and love that must work together. Yeah, I love it. And uh we could we could summarize this whole point here as as Jesus solution. Remember, mm. repent, do the first works, or else you'll be removed. Oh, <laughs> and, I like that. Say that again. Remember, repent, do the first works, or else you'll be removed. And yes, that's exactly what it's it says. It's teaching us here that you know there's no such thing in the Bible as once saved, always saved. Mm. True. 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 It's what the lampstand can be removed. Um, is there anything else you want to add on this point before we head to verse seven? I know. I think. I think um, that that point where Jesus says, "You know, or else I will come to you quickly mm-hmm. and remove your lampstand from its place." You know, which is what you talked about. You know, remembering, removing, and repenting. It's all there in that verse. In verse five, I think of the final um, message of Jesus in the last chapter of Revelation where he says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Mm. He uses the same language here, quickly. I looked up that word quickly. It most of the time speaks of, you know, the way we understand quickly as far as uh, time reference. But there are occasions, and this is one, including in in the last chapter of Revelation where the word quickly appears three times, it's in relation to unexpectedness. You know, so being caught off guard, being caught napping. And Jesus is saying to the church, don't wait. You know, don't wait. Respond to me right now. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. You know, now is the day of salvation. And that is just so important for us today, that today we respond to Jesus. As the Holy Spirit speaks to us, let us not harden our hearts. But today, because, you know, we may very well leave it too late if we wait even just one moment. Oh, very, very true. And that call of Jesus is one to repent. Mm. And it is, uh, you know, people don't like that word today. <laughs> it's not acceptable to tell people to repent, but this is an everybody thing. And Jesus is calling his church to repent of relying on themselves instead of relying on him. You look at the rest of the letters to the seven churches, which we are going to do, but every church where Jesus sees room for improvement, he calls them to repent. Absolutely. And just, and it's just, a loving thing to do. Absolutely. And just on that, you know, the first 
words out of the mouth of John the Baptist as he prepared people for the coming of, of Jesus. The first coming were, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, the first words out of his mouth as he begins his ministry after his baptism, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, the disciples, they go out preaching the same message, repent. Peter on the day of Pentecost, repent. Yes. Repent. Stop what you're doing. Turn to yeah. me. Exactly. Turn to Jesus. Do a U-turn. Do a U-turn. I mean, you know, you would be crazy if you're heading down the road, you want to go to Brisbane, and you start off in Lake Macquarie, and you and you find yourself in Wollongong, mm. and you realize you are heading in the wrong direction. You'd be an absolute fool to keep going down to Albury. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to turn around and head to Brisbane. Absolutely. Um, so that is that is the message there, Shari. So God He loves us. He doesn't want us to continue in the wrong direction and ultimately be lost. So he's saying, I want to save you, but you must be willing to be saved. Amen. This is how this leads us to the final verse, Revelation two, verse seven, the last part of the letter. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Wow. <laughs> what, what do you want to take from that? Well, I want some of that tree. <laughs> I want some of the fruit from that. Well, that, you know, that is taking us back to the Garden of Eden, you know, um, and the word Eden means desirable. Um, also, it means, you know, to be blessed. And the word garden means to be enclosed, you know, to be protected. And so, you know, Jesus says, I want you to be with me forevermore. I want you to be part of my community of faith forevermore where you will enjoy the fruit from the tree of life. And that tree of life appears once again in Revelation 21 and 22 Mm -hmm. at the end. And so he's saying, I want you to be with me. Um, and my original plan for the human race, I want you to ha- be part of that, to be part of the paradise that I have prepared for you. That's that's beautiful. And just picking up, um, dissecting that verse just a little bit, part by part, he who has an ear, mm. that's everybody. That's everyone. So this is a message for everybody. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the so church. It's the Holy Spirit. That is speaking to our hearts. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. That's right. To him who overcomes. There is an, a promise to the overcomer in every letter of the seven churches. It's exactly the same. So it's possible to be an overcomer. Through Christ, absolutely. Amen. You know, what does Paul say? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me the victory. Yes. And then Jesus says, I will give to eat from the tree of life. And if you go through your Bible, I have kind of almost finished going through. Every time God says, I will, I will, I will. It's like speaking the language of covenant, speaking the language of promise, because that's what he Mm. said to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. I will, I will, I will. Um, And this is him making a promise. You'll eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. This is a wonderful message to the church, and it's a message to each one of us. To each and every one of us, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And um, yeah, this has just been such a, a wonderful way for us to begin these seven churches by taking a look at, you know, the church of Ephesus. Ephesus means desirable. Mm-hmm. God wants all of us through him to be desirable. You know, mm-hmm. God desires for us to be part of his kingdom. He desires for us to eat of that fruit um, that will that will enable us to live forever and ever and ever. That's Amen. what the Bible says. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it is a beautiful picture of, of God's love for all of humanity. 
Yeah, and it's a beautiful picture too of the, the, the state of the early Christian church from AD 31 right down to about yeah. 100. Yeah, about 100 AD, AD, yeah, at the end of John's life. Yeah, looking forward to the next church. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. So the next church is the church of Smyrna. And we're going to be looking at that in our very next program. So, but in the meantime, um, we want to invite you to tune in and listen in to Jermaine Edwards' Repentance Song. And that's exactly what Jesus is inviting us to do. Here I am broken and feeling sad. How did I get here, led away by my fleshly desire? Forgot how to pray, had no time to see the face. Watch my life right before my eyes, drift like a ship without sail. But I see you, till I found strength for my life. Now I feel joy that no words can describe. Set free. Yeah.
We can praise the Lord indeed that we have a Lord God who is merciful, who is just, who is long-suffering, who is loving, all loving. And, um, and that's been the, at the very core of our message today that we have unpacked through the book of Revelation, that first church of the seven that we have examined today, the church of Ephesus. And um, we do have a question that has come in. We do indeed. This is from our brother Freco. We we love hearing from you, Freco. And he has a question. Do you think the seven churches are in us all like the seven spirits of God? Fantastic. Great question. Indeed, as we pointed out in our program, uh, these uh, seven churches are seven specific churches in Asia Minor in the first century, so the messages relate to them. First and foremost, they also, as Charissa pointed out, relate to the seven ages of church history, and we are in that seventh and final age. But we also can learn messages, uh, we can learn uh, principles from each and every one of those seven churches today. Um, and so, yes, the answer is yes, Freco. Um, those seven churches have a message for us today, living in 2021. So thank you for that great question. And the Holy Spirit um, is described as the seven spirits in Revelation, seven being the perfect number of God. And so the Holy Spirit is perfect in every way. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is perfect. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are perfect. The conversion work of the Holy Spirit leading us to Christ is perfect. There is nothing lacking. And so too, these seven mm. churches have everything that we need in order to make it from this world to the world to come to the paradise of God. Beautiful. You know, I uh, just want to add just a final comment on just our study on the church, um, the letter to the church of Ephesus. We're reminded as we were reflecting that Jesus says to this church, you have left your first love. And then he counsels them to remember from, you know, and to do, Mm -hmm. repent and do the first works. Those first works when you first fell in love, Mm -hmm. that's how you stay in love with Jesus. Just like marriage. Just like marriage. You do the things. When you're courting, when you're courting, you sometimes forget about all that, all the flowers and the niceties when you get married. Absolutely. So do those things again. Yes. Keep those little Keep attentions. it fresh. Keep the love, the love flame alive. And I'm just thinking, you know, we were talking about Matthew 24, the signs of the times and all of that. Right after tw- Matthew 24 comes Matthew 25. And in the beginning there, there's that parable of mm. the ten virgins. Yes, yes. And that love of the Holy Spirit is like the oil that keeps mm. our love for Jesus burning bright. Mm. So in the times which we live... That's what we need. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, and that way we can love Jesus and do those first works. I love those thoughts. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Sharissa, would you like to have a prayer? 
for all of our listeners as we as we look to land. Love to our loving Father in heaven. Lord, thank you for this wonderful picture of Jesus mm, that we have amen. seen as we read the letter to the church of Ephesus. And we see, Lord, that it's, it's a letter to us personally as well. We thank you for your admonition, for your counsel, for your call for us to repent and do the first works. Help none of us to let our activity come between us and our love for Jesus. I pray you bless each one of us that we too, we all might be through the grace of God, be become overcomers that we may eat of the tree of life in the midst of your paradise your kingdom we love you lord bless each one we pray as we continue to study and spend time in your presence we ask it in jesus name amen amen and amen and thank you so much folk for joining us it's so exciting that you've been able to be with us until we meet again remember fear looks around regret looks back but faith keeps looking up god bless you until next time keep looking up don't give up Don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Should the tears begin to start? With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me.